0: Good evening. Good, evening. good evening. It is, it good, is to good to see each of, each of you. If you're a guest, again, we welcome again, you. We welcome if you would, be open your Bibles to Mark, the first chapter. We'll quickly review uh, just a, a few, few thoughts, thoughts out, of out of Mark, the first, first chapter, chapter, and then, and then we'll, then spend, we'll spend, spend the rest of our time uh, tonight in, in the book of Luke, looking at four different occasions of uh, the life of Jesus and the book of Luke. It is good it's to be good back, to be together, back together, tonight together tonight to worship God, worship God and, and and we and want to we give, give uh, a few uh, thank, yous thank yous out that out are well, that well deserved. deserved. Uh, you may you notice, may notice uh, that there, uh, are, there are there ha- there's, there's, been, there's additional been additional lighting, lighting added, added? And uh, it's an and, uh, it's effort, an to, effort fight to fight shadows, shadows. And, and so hopefully uh, that's accomplishing its, its, its purpose, purpose. But uh, for, uh, uh, for, for that to take place, place, there have been uh, several, several fellows that, that have worked quite a bit of bit hours of and hours put in and a lot of time lot uh, installing this. this. And we we, we want, want to say a big thank, big you, thank you to, to Marvin Nixon, Nixon. Nixon, and then also, and also Justin Doris and Seth Roselle that helped with that. And, of course, Jay Keff led the effort, and we're thankful to them also this past week. Uh, we, had we had a crew to go down to, to, go down to, Picayune, down to Picayune and help a and help family, a family uh, that was uh, that still struggling uh, after, after the uh, Hurricane Katrina, Katrina came through, came through several, several years, years ago. ago. And, and the teenage, the teenage girls, girls in this, this family, family are, are, in the meantime, in the meantime since, since Katrina, Katrina struck, struck, they have they become have faithful become Christians, Christians. And they are and very active. And, and after, and after Katrina, Katrina, they set up a, set makeshift, up a makeshift of two buildings, buildings that they converted, they converted in, a, in a living, living situation. situation. And, and it's and you wouldn't really think of them necessarily as houses as much as, as much two as buildings, buildings that they were living in, in that, were that were apart, apart from each, each other. other. And so the families, the families, families were having to go, go to, go to, to go in and out to be able to get to one side of the house to the other. And there's a few bedrooms on one side, a few bedrooms on the other side. There was a kitchen only on one side and all that. And so we had a crew of men that went down, and in one week, we They built a connector between these two buildings, so now they have a kitchen in between and a common space in between, and it just really was a tremendous gift uh, to this family that they are so thankful, and of course, we're so proud of these young ladies uh, that are faithful Christians. Uh, We're thankful for Bobby Cole, Mark Crisp, Glenn Kaufman, Kirk Nelson, Larry Cravens, Roger Hundley, and Billy Prince, and also many of you would know Al Cravens from Lebanon Road, and then there were a couple of guys from Corinth also. Uh, We are thankful that... Our uh, youth youth are back from their fall fall retreat. retreat, They did have a tremendous, tremendous tremendous retreat, and we're thankful uh, for them and for the good uh, that they do. Also, we want to mention a reminder about the Veterans Day breakfast this coming Friday. Uh, Already one of you told me about meeting a veteran this afternoon and just inviting them. and the veteran said, I will be there. This isn't like, and I told you so, so, but please please believe me. me, If you will invite a veteran, veteran, if they're 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 available available Friday morning, morning, they will be will be here. Uh, there is uh, there just is a, great a great love, for, love country for country if you've been out serving, serving this, country this country in military, military service. service. And so okay, it so is so a, wonderful a wonderful way for us as a congregation to say, to say thank, thank you, you, but it doesn't work you, if they don't know about it. And we're not we're advertising, advertising it in the newspaper or anything like that. So we're now, counting on you, on you to turn, turn uh, to your uh, friends and to your family members and to your neighbors and co workers and let them know about this wonderful day. Again, you can pick up postcards in the foyer that tell about that. Now, several of you have been asking uh, about, about preparing breakfast, preparing breakfast uh, usually it's casserole, casserole type things, things and, and, then and then also serving, serving breakfast. breakfast. There's, a, There's sign-up a sign-up sheet for you to for fill, you out fill out, out tonight, tonight, if you will, if you have, interest, have in interest, in interest in helping with that, that, with that uh, at, uh, at, the at the information, information center. center. And, and as you as complete, you complete that, that, if you will, you will just outside your name, put if you want to prepare food or if you want to serve, or if you want to do both. But if you will, just go ahead and mark that to the side. And then you'll be receiving uh, probably a phone call tomorrow uh, to to better inform you about uh, the, the organization of that. And exactly uh, to see what you have interest in doing with that. It truly is a, a wonderful, wonderful morning. And we look forward to giving honor to individuals who truly deserve honor. We've been talking today about being immersed into prayer. And the idea, idea of being, of being connected, connected with God, God is absolutely, absolutely a beautiful thought. beautiful thought. And we talked and we about, talk about being connected, connected with God and in, in the, the fact that, that as, a, as culture, a culture, we have probably, have probably never, been never been more connected, been more connected, connected to more people, more people than what than we, are, what we today, are today, simply Sixth because we have so many, many means to stay, to stay connected, connected today. today. But then we talked about making making our connection connection with God a priority. priority. And I want to review review for you the the definition definition of priority. priority, And you again see see if this this describes your prayer life. life. Priority, Priority, number one, one, it's the state state or quality quality of being being earlier in time and occurrence. occurrence. Number two, 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 the right right to precede precede others others in order, order, rank, or privilege. privilege. And the fourth fourth one was was something something given given special special attention. And Mark, mark the first first chapter, chapter, if you have your Bible Bible, open there, to Mark, the first chapter, I'd like to remind you that Jesus in verse 32 at the evening had all kind of sick individuals that were brought to him. In 33, it was the whole city. In 34, he healed them. And now I'd like for you to notice... What he was doing the next morning in verse 35, now in the morning, this is Mark 1 and 35, now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he sent out and departed to a solitary place and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him and when they found him, they said to him, everyone is looking for you. But he said to them, Let us go into the next town, that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come forth. And from this we talked about the fact that our Lord was a busy individual, busy the night before, busy the next day, moving on to other towns, but in between, what did He do? He arose a great while before daylight, and He went. To a solitary place. See how this is very intentional. There was a reason why he arose so early in the morning. And there was a reason why he went to this solitary place. And it was to pray. And then when they came, urging him to do more good, he had his priorities set. No, sure that would be good. But there is even a higher calling that I'm about than just healing people physically. I've come to help them spiritually. And I must now go to other towns. Now, we talked quite a bit this morning about the various aspects of that. But what I'd like for us to do for a moment, as we think about Jesus making prayer a priority in his life, let's look at some of the events in Jesus' life and just note how prayer is intertwined in Jesus' life in almost every way. Look in Luke, the third chapter. In Luke, the third chapter, we have the baptism of Jesus. As I mentioned to you this morning, have you ever noticed that there's a prayer involved in this? I know you've read it before, at least most everyone here has. And, and in Bible classes or personal study or even for sermons, we've studied it several times. But have you noticed this? Look again in, in Luke 3 and 21. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from the heavens, which said, you are my beloved son in you. I am well pleased. We usually talk about his baptism and that response of the spirit descending in the form of a dove and and the identification that the Heavenly Father gave, this is my beloved Son. But do you notice the response that comes about not only at the beginning of His public ministry, at the baptism, but it comes about as He prays. Here the Son is praying to the Father, and now the Father breaks the silence of heaven and responds back. You know, a few years ago when our elders were evaluating what is the proper response that God would expect when someone is baptized. You may remember now there there are several things that are done and even done differently than what we did in the past. And they're all efforts to rejoice as God and the heavenly host would rejoice. But you notice if you were to say to Jesus, Jesus, what did you do at your baptism? And he would say, I prayed. Pray without ceasing. There is always any time is a place for prayer. But isn't it especially true that baptism is a time for prayer. If there is any time that we ought to be giving thanks, if there is any time that we ought to be praying about someone's journey, this is now a babe in Christ. If there is any way that that we could, could offer our blessings, wouldn't it be to have God to offer His blessings upon this individual? And so here we see a beautiful, beautiful movement in Jesus' life. A time where He's beginning His public ministry, and it begins in baptism and in prayer. Let's go a little deeper, Luke the 6th chapter. In Luke the 6th chapter, we read beginning verse 12, and I'd like for you to notice that what He's going to do in 13 is He's going to choose the apostles. Now, is it something that you just think, well... Jesus is God in flesh on earth, and so he knows everything, and so he'll just go around and he'll pick the ones that he knows. Notice it wasn't that simple. He was human. And then notice the example that if Jesus needed to do this, how much more do we need to do things like this? Look at verse 12. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray. So notice again, solitary place, very intentional. He went out to pray, And what did he do? And continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself. And from them, he chose 12 whom he also named apostles. And then in 14, 15, and 16, he lists those men that he chose. This was an important movement for the church that was going to be established in Acts, the second chapter. Jesus came onto this earth not only to save us, but to give us a place to belong once we're saved. And that is in the Lord's church. And what did he do? He prayed all night. Now, if we were in a small Bible class, you know something I thought about studying this week. Maybe in some class someday we could do this. How interesting would it be to take the four occasions that we're taking right now and divide the class up and let the class take 15 minutes or so to write what the prayer might have sounded like that Jesus prayed. What do you think Jesus was praying about when he was baptized? What do you think Jesus prayed about all night? My guess is no better than yours. Did he take each of these 12 men and pray very lengthy, specific things for each of these men? Did did he pray very specific things for the kingdom that was going to be established on this earth? Did he pray about his task to train these 12 men? They had a huge task. He has three years to train them, to get them ready for this task. I would guess surely he prayed for himself. And he prayed for them. And he prayed for the kingdom. I want to remind you of a few passages. And if you don't know these and you have interest, jot these down. Because this would be a real interesting extended study for you here. But I want you to think about movements in the life of the church. Right now we're studying in the life of Jesus. But think about in the life of the church. In Acts 6th chapter, we have those widows that were not being given their daily distribution of food. And so seven servants were selected. That's very much like our deacons today, but this was when the church was in her infancy. And, and she didn't yet have elders and deacons. And so the apostles tell them that they're not going to leave their position. You remember why? Their position was teaching the Word of God and prayer. Their position was so important that they said, we can't sacrifice this for this, but we can find others that would be willing and have the time to do this. And you remember what they did? When the congregation chose those seven before they laid their hands on them, I doubt that was, you know, first century the apostles could do a miraculous laying of hands and transfer gifts. I don't... It doesn't tell us that that's what the purpose of this laying on hands. It was probably to identify these are the ones that we are praying for and that we are putting in this position. And we read in Acts the 6th chapter that they prayed for them before they put them into that position. When we go to Acts the 13th chapter, note this order. I think it makes a powerful point. The Holy Spirit called Saul, who later became Paul and Barnabas, to go on the first missionary journey. The church at Antioch is going to be the one sending them on that missionary journey. Now think about this. How tempting would it be to say, well, you don't have to worry about Paul and Barnabas on this missionary journey. The Holy Spirit, he miraculously called them. He's going to take care of them. All we have to do is just help them pack some bags up and and give them some peanut butter and crackers and send them on their way. The Holy Spirit's going to take care of them. No. What did they do? They fasted and prayed before they sent them off. And at the end of that missionary journey, they came back through the churches that they had established And it says that they appointed elders, but do you remember what they did before they appointed those elders? They fasted and prayed before they appointed those elders. We talk about doing things exactly as the Bible teaches to do. Whether it's a direct command, or it is an example, or a necessary inference. What is the pattern that we see in the early church? Special servants, missionaries, elders. Deep, fervent prayer. Two out of the three times associated with fasting. As I mentioned to you this morning, the idea of godly people making movements in their life going through transitions in their life without deep, fervent prayer is unheard of. How connected are we with God in every walk, in every aspect of our life? Let's look at two more. Luke. Let's go to Luke, the ninth chapter, and in verse 28. Luke, the ninth chapter, and 28 If I were to say to you, we're about to read the Transfiguration, probably many of us, until maybe that was mentioned this morning, we might think, well, sure, that's when they went to the mountain for the the, the Transfiguration. Well, notice why they went to the mountain, verse 28. Now, it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that he took Peter, John, and James, and he went up on the mountain to pray. Here we have again, leaving. It's very intentional. It's solitary. We're going to go. What, what are we going to do? We're going to go and pray. Let me confess, and, and I'm just stepping on my toes, and, and you figure out if you need to step on your toes. I don't know how many times I have ever asked anybody to go with me somewhere to pray. I've prayed with a lot of people. But I don't know how many times I've ever asked someone Will you meet me about 4.30 Saturday morning? Let's, let's go out and pray for a couple hours. What are we missing? When the example is over and over and over. 29, as he prayed, see that's what they went there to do. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered. It's going to be glorious. In other words, brilliant. It's going to shine. And his robe became white and glistening. And behold, two men talked with him who were Moses and Elijah. So now he's talking to two from the realm of the dead. And so what an amazing occasion. They've gone there to pray. But yet this is a time where it seems like God is saying to Jesus and to the apostles as they're waiting there, but it seems to be primarily probably for Jesus' sake, is saying, I want to encourage you, Jesus. And and I want to encourage you by by having some others around you that can talk to you about all that you're about to go through. Because notice in 31, "...who appeared in glory..." and spoke, now this is talking about Moses and Elijah, they also appeared in glory, they were brilliant, and spoke of his decease. Or it could also be translated, spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. And here's that tough verse to read again. But Peter and those with him were heavy with sleep, And when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And we'll pause there. What's the point? What is a movement that is constant in Jesus' life? It's prayer. And what happened in these times of prayer seemed to be times to prepare him for the next steps. How many times do we feel unprepared for the next steps? Could it be that we're unprepared for the next steps because we're not really connected to God in the intimate way that He expects for us to be connected with Him? What kind of relationship would we have with God if we prayed with God in solitary places for hours when that needs to be the case? When there's transitions... What if we said, each individual said, I'm not making that movement until I go and pray for hours with God. Let's look at a final one. In Luke, the 22nd chapter, we begin reading in 39. This is probably the one, so far as the topic of prayer, that that we know the best out of the four that we're reading about prayer Jesus is about to go to the cross, but apparently he is feeling either discouraged or maybe we could even say a little bit weak. And so in in verse 39 of Luke, the 22nd chapter coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives. Now notice this line, as he was accustomed and his disciples also followed him. Jesus, where are you going? You never go here. Oh no, they didn't ask him that. You can imagine Peter and James and John. You can imagine. They're tired. We know they're tired because they're going to stop here and fall asleep. You can imagine they're they're walking out and Jesus starts taking a left. Oh, there he goes again. We're about to go to that garden again. I was so hoping we could get some sleep tonight. They follow him. Forty. When he came to the place, he said to them, pray. So that's why he went. Pray that you may not enter into temptation. So we say, why was Jesus there? He was going to fight temptation. And he wanted them to be able to fight temptation. He knew that they were going to fight the temptation of being afraid. He knew that they were going to fight the temptation of fleeing. He knew that they were going to be fighting the temptation of denying him. And he knew that for the most part, they were going to lose all three of those battles. And it's interesting that the ones that went to sleep, instead of praying, lost their battles. And the one who stayed awake and prayed fervently was the one who won his battles. And so let's read about his battle. 41, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will... See, we have to pray the will of the Father. If it is your will... Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. In other words, Lord, this cup is is that death upon the cross. Take this away. There is no such thing as an unanswered prayer. And so the Lord received an answer to this prayer. And the answer was no. Lord, I'm asking you to take the cup away. No. No. How, how could that be? Because he was praying, the Lord's will be done. And the Lord's will was for him to fulfill this. And so notice the next time he goes, the, the, the feeling is, is a little bit more urgent. And, and 43, an angel appeared to him from heaven and strengthened him. Look 44. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And this is probably now when he, from the other accounts of the Gospels, he's prostrate probably on the ground at this point. See, before he was just kneeling. Now he's in more agony. And his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And he arose up from what? Prayer. And he come to his disciples and he found them, not praying, sleeping from sorrow. And he said to them, Why do you sleep? rise and pray lest you enter into temptation when jesus was baptized it was a mark of entering into public ministry was the timing and he prayed he chose 12 apostles But not before he prayed all night long. He went to a mountain to pray, and the Father chose to give him a time of great encouragement. It was a glorious time where Moses and Elijah talked to him about what he was going to experience. It had to be encouraging. But then, as that time drew near, the burdens were very heavy. The dread probably of the shame, probably even the pain. The dread of being separated from his father. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? How is he going to be able to stand strong? He prayed. He prayed in agony. He prayed with such fervency that he sweated as if it were great drops of blood. I know that there are those here, several, that are more mature in me. I don't say that trying to be humble. I know it. And so I realize what I'm studying tonight and what I'm wrestling with, some of you are far beyond it. I just want to have the relationship with God that God is offering And I don't remember times of sweat. I don't guess I've ever laid flat on the ground, the dirt, and prayed. I've never prayed all night. Although I've had times that I've awakened and every time I've awakened I've continued to pray. I just look at all of this that Jesus is offering us. It's recorded for a reason. There's something that we're supposed to gain about this relationship that God is offering. He longs for us to commune wholly depending upon Him. Let's give November as a month that we're determined to find a deeper relationship because of spiritual growth in our life than what we've ever had in the past. Let's pray like we never have in the past. Let's lean upon God. Next Sunday, that's not what this lesson's about. It's really not. But next Sunday is one small opportunity to spend a lot of time in prayer. It's an opportunity to let a lot of people be praying for us. Let's take advantage of that, but far beyond one day. Let's pray. Prayer in its fullness is a gift that God offers His children. Are you His child? If not, why not tonight? Why not come to Him seeking His forgiveness? Seeking to be adopted into His family? Being willing to repent? Not being ashamed of Him? And obeying Him in everything? If you're ready to be immersed into Christ, or if you've done that, but yet things aren't what they ought to be. Maybe tonight you want to repent of sins, pray forgiveness. We'd love to pray. Maybe tonight you just want to pray. We'd love to pray. If we can help you in any way, come as we stand, as we sing.